0: Matthew 7 together which if you have these red bibles in front of you is page 972 and it has the subheading the wise and the foolish builders starting at verse 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down The crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law.
1: Thanks very much, Kath. Uh, good morning to the, the slightly less young at heart, but, um, uh, but to those of us who are uh, still quite young, um, I do have extra marshmallows left, so I'm, I'm going to be looking out for some really good listeners as we go forward. Um, and to see if I can get rid of all of those marshmallows by the end of the, after, by the, end of the morning. Uh, before we do that, though, I wanted to have a quick poll of the people in the room. Uh, I want you to be honest here and, and raise your hand if you've ever had the fear, or maybe just the, an inkling of a worry, that your phone might be listening to you. Um, Anybody? It's, it's, it's okay. It's a, it's a safe place. You, you know the sort of thing I mean. It's like the, um, the, 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 the conversation, the kind of one-off unique conversation you've had with a mate, and then like, the next day you start seeing adverts for that very thing you, you were, you've been talking about. Um, I've, I'm here to tell you it's probably not true, but the truth is, the truth is actually probably a little bit more sinister uh, than that is the bad news. So the, the truth is actually that the, the, there is a huge amount of cash that is invested in you and me and our desires and the things that we want. There are people who have put an awful lot of money uh, into trying to predict and to, pre- and to prompt the, the things that we uh, really want. So not only guessing what we want, but sometimes actually nudging us towards things. And so sometimes when you see those adverts just after you've had that conversation, what can, what can honestly be happening is that they've actually led you uh, the, the, the social media giants and advertising companies have led you towards that conversation uh, before before you've even uh, realised it. Um, you see, while we thought our phones might be listening to us, the, the, the scary truth is that we actually might be listening to them. And who we listen to might be one of those really really important questions that we never actually ask ourselves. We might uh, actually think of ourselves as those who make up our own minds about things, and we're, we're quite you know, strong-willed and decisive people, and we don't actually feel particularly uh, you know impacted by, by these, these sorts of campaigns and, and things like that. If that, if that. if that is you and that's how you feel, uh, just be aware that you, you are probably um, the, ma- the majority of people who feel that way, but actually it is a vast minority of people who actually are not impacted by those things. Because the truth is that all of us give some voices, some people, the authority uh, to speak into our lives and into our decision-making. And it's really important who those people are, who those people are really matter. And so it shouldn't take us by surprise, should it, that Jesus takes this matter really seriously as well, the matter of who we're listening to. And in fact... In the closing words of Jesus, it's probably his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells us it doesn't matter how smart we seem, how impressive we look to other people, how well things seem to be going for us on the outside. According to Jesus, the difference between a wise person and a foolish person is all about who we're listening to. Who we listen to is what's going to make the difference in making us wise or foolish. And I think so far, so good, yeah? I don't think really many of us might find much to disagree with about that. Uh, But actually, I think that if we listen to Jesus in this story carefully, we should actually find it quite shocking to hear. Because he then goes on to say, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I think the important word there is everyone, right? Everyone. If that word means what I think it means, the only thing you need to do, the only thing you need to understand to be considered wise, all you have to do is listen to Jesus and put what he says into practice. And if that doesn't sound shocking to you yet, just just maybe just put those words into my mouth for a second, okay? Because I'm, I'm 32 now. So I'm a little bit older than Jesus was when he said those words, and you know I've been known to give good advice once or twice in my life. You know, I've 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 I've, I've done all right there. So maybe I can set myself up as the benchmark for all wisdom for all people at all places at all times. Um, what do you think? No, no. no? You, if you shouldn't you shouldn't really need to know me very well that if to know that if I say something like this, then I shouldn't really lead. You know, it it. It would reveal such a level of arrogance that I shouldn't really lead like a midweek meeting, let alone um, every human being on the planet. But Jesus doesn't stop at that phrase. Now, he goes on to say in verse 26, everyone, see that word again? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. You see, according to Jesus, not only is good listening the benchmark for wisdom, he would even go so far as to say that to hear his words and to ignore them is the definition of foolishness. And can I just say that? If anybody ushers words like these to you, or to us, then we really need to ask ourselves very carefully if anything that they have to say here backs up uh, their words, if anything in their life can really back up this claim. Is there any evidence that they, they really do have the authority to say these kinds of things? Because that's exactly where the, the listening crowd are left with after, after this, uh, after this uh, teaching by Jesus. In verse 28, he says, it, uh, the writer says, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. So here's what I think we should do for just a few minutes. I think we should look really closely together at what it is that Jesus is asking us to do and why. And after that, I just want to share one reason why I think you, you and me, we should take this really seriously. We should take Jesus really seriously when he makes these claims. So shall we dig in? Uh, so first of all, uh, we need to listen to Jesus. We need to listen to Jesus. Jesus. As we've just seen, according to Jesus, wise people are those who first and foremost listen to him. And at the first glance, this doesn't actually seem all that hard, does it? After all, we know like most of his greatest hits, don't we? You know, love your neighbor, you know, do unto others, that one, um, turn the other cheek. They all sound quite lovely, don't they? But I wonder if maybe after having lived around the words of Jesus for so long, we might have got into this kind of weird position of living in a world that's filled with the echoes of Jesus' words but we actually never stop to hear them out for themselves. Uh, they can, the words of Jesus kind of become a bit like a, I think like, like a meme um, or something like a, like a bite-sized quote we're going to see on a school poster or like a fridge magnet from time to time. But we never actually stop and listen to Jesus and take what he says seriously. And I wonder if we did, if we did stop to listen to him, whether we'd spend much more time stunned by what he says than we actually do whether it'd stop us in our tracks a bit more. I wonder when the last time was that you or I were, like the crowd, amazed at the authority of the words of Jesus. The authority that he needs to say the things and make the claims that he does about himself. And if you're not sure when that was, can I remind you, Of Jesus' invitation at the beginning of our passage. He doesn't simply tell the crowd off for not paying him enough attention, does he? He invites them into wisdom by hearing his words. And if that's an invitation that you you would like to explore today, then please do speak with me later or maybe grab the friend who, who invited you here this morning. We would love to share with you what it might look like to explore the world according to Jesus and his teaching. But it's not just about listening to him. Because Jesus warns us in this passage, it is not enough to merely hear his words. If we don't put his words into practice, then we have not stepped into the way of wisdom. Again, he tells us in verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And this is a really strong warning from Jesus here, isn't it? He didn't come just to inspire us. It is not enough for us to hear his words and enjoy them and think about them and be inspired by them. If our lives are not built into the solid rock of his words, then they're built into sand, Jesus says. And here's the thing. You and I know that there are many, many examples of good advice out there and wise sayings that have come from other voices than Jesus. And it's tempting when we hear good advice to try and build our lives around those things, isn't it? You know, like, you know, Micah has Jesus. I have TED Talks on YouTube. And, you know, whatever works for each person is, like, totally fine. But can I just can I gently suggest to you this morning that if we're to build our lives onto something, then it needs to be more than good advice. It needs to be more than just wise sayings. It needs to be solid rock. And that's what Jesus is telling us here. His... His voice is the only one that we can trust. It is the only one, is the only voice that can withstand life's storms. If our lives are built on him, he says, the rain can come down, the floodwaters can rise, wind can batter us, but our house will hold. It is rooted in, it is founded on the solid rock of Jesus. On the other hand, those who don't kind of drill deep into that granite of Jesus and his words will find themselves built on sand, where in verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and when the wind blew and beat against that house, it fell with a great crash. If we we think this might be a little strong of Jesus to say that here, I just want you to think for a moment about how much you rely on your own home to hold together, just for a second. And maybe especially if you live in a flat, okay? Like, it's really important that uh, the person who built those, those, those flats and the homes that we live in really did their due diligence, isn't it? I think, I think, I think architects have to study for something like seven years uh, before they're allowed to call themselves an architect, before they're fully qualified. But we need the people who are designing and building our homes to know what they're doing, don't we? The consequences could be deadly if they didn't. And here's the thing. Jesus doesn't say that his followers will just get to avoid the storms of life. In fact, in this passage here, the storm comes for both the wise and the foolish builder. We're not promised an absence of storms. Jesus promises us a shelter that will withstand the storm. Wisdom doesn't mean that we just get to come through life looking unscathed. It means that we come out on the other side. And equally, wisdom doesn't necessarily mean that our, our lives will look kind of slick and sophisticated. And anyone who's seen kind of the building projects that are kind of popping up around the city everywhere, they'll know that actually the, these builders could save loads of time, couldn't they? If they, you know, if they didn't worry about things like surveys and you know, foundations. And I wonder if anybody's ever bought a house and they they... It kind of drives you a bit, a bit nuts about like, how many like, things that they have to find. I, they have to check that my house wasn't built on top of a cave mine um, or anything like that, a coal mine, sorry. Um, they could have saved loads of time if they just sacked all that off, couldn't they? But they will happily take their time, these developers, proudly owning a big, brown, muddy field, because they know that solid foundations, they're not a luxury. They are a life and death matter quite literally. And around us, there's, there's any number of quick fixes on offer to us, aren't there? You know, there's offers to maybe like Marie Kondo, your home, or like Martin Lewis, your finance, or um, like Super Nanny, your kids into, into doing what you, what you tell them to. Um, but quick fixes, even when they do work, even when they are helpful, they're, they're helpful in a limited way. And they are never things to build our lives around. And I think this is what, this is what makes Jesus' invitation just so, just so nuts. It, he welcomes us to listen to his words carefully and then to build our whole lives on them. Well, more to the point, to build our whole lives on him. To make his voice the one that we listen to, the one that we give authority to. And if we're going to do that then we need to trust that he is the solid ground that he says he is. If someone invites us to make them the foundation of our lives, then that foundation has to live up to its promises. And this is where where I think that Jesus is utterly unique here, utterly trustworthy. We can trust Jesus' voice in the storm because he has already withstood the worst storm he has come out of the other side, and he offers himself as a shelter for anyone who would trust in him. And we might know that Jesus' teaching was just as shocking and just as divisive 2,000-plus years ago as it probably should be today. And we may also know that for, for as many people who left amazed by his teaching, many more left feeling threatened by it. And those who left feeling threatened some of them decided that the best defense would be a, a good offense. And under the cover of night, they abducted him. They insulted him with a, with a sham trial with false witnesses. And they sentenced him to death. And they didn't want to hang about, so they nailed him to a cross the very next day and watched him die and congratulated themselves the whole way on picking the right side. Because after all, who would want to build their lives on this guy, right? Once again... The plans that sounded so smart when they were talking about them on their own were revealed as utterly foolish. Because Jesus' death, far from revealing his words to be groundless, proved to be that solid ground that we can build our lives on. All of the times that we'd refused to listen to God, all of the times that we've built castles in the air and found ourselves waist-deep in sinking sand, on the cross, Jesus steps into our place. And when we'd refused to listen to God, when we'd ignored his warnings and we found ourselves unable to save ourselves, when God would have been well and truly within his rights to just wash his hands of us and say, you know, I did warn you about this. Instead, he chooses to dive headfirst into that same sinking sand to rescue us. Jesus gives his life in exchange for anyone Who would receive his rescue. And then three days later, he rises up from the one storm that has never been beaten. One storm that had not lost one single fight. And anyone who said yes to that offer of rescue finds themselves pulled to safety with him, sheltered in him. And guys, if this is true, is there anyone else who could possibly deserve the authority that Jesus claims for himself If this is true, is there any doubt left for us that Jesus is not simply a wise provider of good advice? He is wisdom itself. He is safety in the storm. And he is the only rock on which we can build our lives. And if there's a chance that this might be the case, we'd do well to hear him out, wouldn't we? We'd do well to examine who it is we're really listening to. Um, And why not speak to me later, actually, or to anyone else you've seen at the front today, we want to, well done, uh, we want to help you as ser- take as seriously as you can uh, the opportunity to explore this question. So why not take Jesus at his word this morning? Why not simply listening to his words today, but by responding to them? See, I'm going to pray for us in a moment, and then we're going to sing together. And we do this as a way of responding to Jesus. And if you'd like to, you can take this as an opportunity to reflect on what it might look like for you to consider Jesus and to build your life on him. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is the shelter in the storm for us, that for, for all who put their trust in him, they can find rescue, they can find safety, and they can find hope. And we pray uh, that those of us who are listening in today would consider who it is they're listening to and that they would consider again Jesus and find find safety security and hope in him I pray this in his name amen